make less than wise choices at times. I think we would all agree. I think most of us would still want to be characterized as wise. We would want to, want to be thought of as wise people uh, to make good choices that don't end up on America's Funniest Videos, right? Uh, well, well, hopefully you've been paying attention throughout this summer as we've been digging through the book of Proverbs We've been trying to foolproof our lives, and, and there's a lot in there, and believe it or not, we haven't covered it all, but uh, this is actually week 10 as we've uh, dug through this, these, uh, uh, these chapters, uh, and I encourage you to, to continue on. Don't just say, oh, we've covered that, now I don't have to read Proverbs anymore, but I mean, there's so much there, uh, and, and it is, I mean, whether, I'd love for you to make that a regular part of your personal Bible reading, uh, you can... Um, um, uh, it's, there's 31 chapters, so a lot of people read like a chapter of Proverbs a day and they go through it uh, 12 times in a year because uh, they get to uh, start over every month or just a proverb or two a day. I think it's great to just chew on a couple of them uh, for a little bit and say, yeah, that's, that's right or I need to apply that to my life. Uh, so we're, we're looking into Proverbs to find wisdom. But, but people look for wisdom, quote unquote wisdom, in a whole lot of places, I think. The most common place these days probably is Google. I don't know. Uh, I heard someone say recently that it used to be when you're watching a movie and you maybe see an actor that you recognize, uh, you turn to your buddy and you say, hey, I recognize that guy. What's he been in? And it used to be that your friend then would respond with, yeah, I recognize him too. Hmm, I don't know. And then you'd go watch the movie some more, right? Well, that doesn't happen these days, right? You, uh, within 90 seconds after you ask that question, uh, you know his name, his date of birth, every movie or show he's ever been in, and his shoe size, right? Because you've Googled it. Uh, but that's not really wisdom, per se, right? I, I mean, we look to go- usually when we look to Google, we're looking to get information, not necessarily wisdom, of course, we can get wisdom and advice from people that we trust. Uh, that's a that's a, a great place to go. We might seek out experts on a topic. Maybe we're, we're digging into certain thing or trying to make a certain decision. We might look for experts in the in the field in order to uh, to find that. Or or maybe you uh, take classes or go back to school or or. Uh, uh, Maybe, I don't know, uh, YouTube might be a place. I have learned much, again, probably information uh, less than wisdom, but uh, I've, I've learned a lot about fixing appliances on YouTube and saved me hundreds and hundreds of dollars, right? I guess that's wisdom, right? So uh, we get a, lis- a wisdom from a lot of different places. But uh, when we get that, the, that information uh, from these sources, we have to still, there has to be a filter somewhere that helps us decide what, what, what's really wise. How do we decide, okay, I've got this information, is that a good decision or not? Is that, is that something good? How do I determine, how do I discern what's wise? I guess just uh, the, the basic easy answer is that if there's a high probability that there will be good results then that would be a wise thing to do, right? So, okay, so we're, uh, we're, we're maybe, may, uh, maybe that's the filter. Is it, is it, are there going to be good results? Or I guess maybe, does it end well or does it end on AFV? Maybe that's the, maybe that's the filter that we're looking for as far as what's wise. I, I don't know, we, we just simple little question. Should I wear a coat or not when it's uh, 10 degrees and snowing outside? Well, I probably should wear a coat because there's a high probability of getting cold and getting sick if I don't. So there's bad results if I don't wear a coat, so I'm going to do what's wise. Maybe, uh, would it be wise to go to a restaurant that has five-star reviews? Well, probably would be, right? Because there's probably a good chance that I'm going to have a great time and a great meal, uh, good results, uh, a wise choice. Would it be wise 
to ask me to join your foursome in golf. Jury's still out, probably. I don't know that we can determine that. Uh, But uh, what are the probable outcomes? That's one filter that we put on. If it ends well, then we would probably call it a wise choice. So if that's the case, and we believe in an all-powerful, all-knowing, loving God, and we believe in heaven and hell with either the uh, possibility of eternal life or eternal punishment, then the wisest thing we could possibly do would be to follow what pleases God and leads to eternal life. I, I think logically that argument holds up. If we're, making, if we're looking for positive outcomes, then ultimately, ultimately we're looking for what pleases God and what will end, with, uh, end our lives in eternity with him. Proverbs 4, 18 and 19 says it this way. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. So in in very basic, fundamental thing, if we're looking at wrapping up this whole series on Proverbs, uh, following God ends well. The righteous life is the wisest life. When we commit our lives to following God, it's like the light dawning into our lives. His light dawning into our lives. We're, we're no longer stumbling around through the dark trying to figure out the best way to go on our own. We, we uh, keep coming back to the foundation uh, that, that uh, we started out with. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And, and, and as we've been studying, when we follow God's wisdom in all of these aspects of our lives... Uh, how we use our words we looked at, uh, uh, what, what we do with our money, uh, uh, controlling our anger, how we treat our family and friends, uh, how we discover and follow God's will and all the other things we talked about. We avoid the things that cause harm and lead us away from God uh, and, and we live life following him and what, what, uh, what leads to uh, a close life with him. Life with God is like walking in the light instead of stumbling in the dark. It's a wise thing to do. So, we can know that. That's, that's information, and we can know that, and we can even affirm that and, and, and say, yes, I agree with that, that following God is, is the wisest way to live. But we have to recognize that uh, living that way takes effort, and we have to intentionally do it. Wisdom doesn't just happen. We have to want to be wise, and then we have to pursue wisdom. It takes dedication and work and discipline. I, I recently uh, finished a book by David McCullough called The, the, the Pioneers, and it's, uh, it's a uh, book uh, walking through the, the, the history, early American history, especially as American settlers started to expand into the Ohio Valley. I know, uh, history, whatever. Maybe you get into that, maybe not. I highly recommend it. It's a, a, a great but it talked all about, as, especially settling in Marietta and, and then uh, all along the Ohio River. And, and uh, you probably know that the Ohio River uh, was the best way to, as, as America was expanding, the best way for people to get from the east uh, toward the west, and, and that river would just take them. Once they, once they uh, uh, made it over, once, once you get on that river, in the great Mississippi, right? And then you could actually end up in the Gulf of Mexico if you stay, stay long enough. You start out in Pittsburgh and you end up in the Gulf. Um, those early settlers uh, made great time. They crossed the Allegheny Mountains, and that was not great time. But once they got there, they would actually build rafts or, or uh, 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 houseboats of sorts, and then they would put them in the river, and then the river just kind of did all the work. It wasn't a whole lot of effort, and that, that river would just take them wherever, uh, wherever it flowed. 
Now, it was a lot harder when they decided it's time to go back east, right? Because the river's flowing one way, and they're trying to go the other way. Depending on the size of the boat, it took a whole lot of people exerting a whole lot of effort to paddle upstream to go against the flow. And as technology improved and the country expanded, uh, steamboats uh, began to be seen on the Ohio River. And and it it took many months of hard hard labor to to design those boats, first of all, and then to gather the raw materials. Uh, You can imagine uh, to gather the the materials to build those boats and then the time and effort that it took and the crew of people it took to build those boats. But but all the effort was worth it because as they, they harnessed the power of steam and that big paddle began to move in the back of that boat, then they could head upriver, and it wasn't near as much effort uh, uh, as rowing because they're heading upriver using power. But there's still a lot of power, and they couldn't do it easily. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort. It certainly took a lot of intentionality if anybody was ever going to go against the flow. And I think that's a good example of wisdom. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but going along with the flow of our culture isn't usually wise. Most of the time, it leads to foolishness. Uh, it, it's easy to just follow the current uh, of, of the society around us, but then we end up where foolishness takes us. So we have to do the hard work to put in the effort to get wisdom. The first few chapters of Proverbs, uh, if you've been reading through and, and looked at it, you have any familiarity uh, with it other than what we've done here on Sunday mornings. We've talked a lot about these little couplets or these, and we've shown you a lot of them up here. But the first several chapters don't read quite like that. It's not just a list of all these, these things, but, but uh, really talks about the importance of, of gaining wisdom and, and uh, how we go about that. And, and um, I want to go to chapter 4 this morning and, and just read the first part of that as we pay attention. I, I want you to pay attention to the action words as we read. We're going to read Proverbs 4, 1 through 13. It's going to be up here on the, on the wall. Also, if you have it on your device, that's great too. But uh, uh, let's, let's think about the verbs or the action words as I read. Uh, just, just kind of log those in your mind. Proverbs 4, 1 through 13. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Uh, I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was the son of my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and, and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well for it is your life. There's a lot of action words there. There's a, there. there's a lot of work that we need to be doing if we're going to live wisely. It says we need to listen. It says we need to pay attention. If, if listening isn't enough, we also need to pay attention, right? We've got to take hold of wisdom with all of our hearts, not just dabble in it a little bit, right? We need to keep it. And once we get it, we need to keep it. Uh, we, we need to get it. We, need to, we, we can't forget it or, or turn away from it. We can't forsake it. Uh, we have to love it. We have to spend all we have to get it. 
And then it says we cherish or embrace, hold on to it, guard it well, over and over. I mean, it makes me kind of tired thinking about all the things we got to do in order to get wisdom. I mean, it's not easy, but it ends well. Life usually works that way. The best things in life take effort, right? They don't just come easy. If it was easy, everyone would be wise. And if we look around, not in this room, but in life, you know that everyone's not wise, right? So, uh, of course, God accepts us into his family by his grace. We've talked about that today. We've celebrated that today uh, through communion and, and his forgiveness and his grace. We're not earning that favor. He's, he's uh, given it to us. No effort on our own. But then in order to live that out, in order to live for him, in order to follow him, it, it, it takes takes effort. It takes discipline. We don't just drift into righteousness and wisdom. So a wise life is a disciplined life. We make the choice that when we follow God, we're going to submit to his leadership and we're going to build our lives on his foundation and then we spend our time and effort uh, building on that foundation. Uh, We spend our time and effort doing what we can get to gain wisdom, to get Wisdom. So, so, so how are you spending your time? Are you investing in wisdom? Uh, what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Who or what are you giving your attention to? Is it making you wise? Again, Proverbs, so practical. What am I, at any moment I can evaluate, what am I doing right now that where I'm investing in wisdom? Where I'm paying attention to wise things, that I'm cherishing wisdom, or is it just a bunch of foolishness? Many of us give our attention to what we think will make us happy, right? We're looking for ease and for comfort. But the question is, is that really wise? Does it end well? Oswald Chambers, in My Utmost for His Highest, has this quote. He says, the destined end of man is not happiness nor health, but holiness. Nowadays, we have far too many affinities, and we are dissipated with them. Right, good, noble affinities, which will yet have their fulfillment, but in the meantime, God has to atrophy them. The one thing that matters is whether a man will accept the God who will make him holy. At all costs, man must be rightly related to God. And then further on in that same reading, he says, God is not an eternal blessing machine. But we them like that a lot of times, don't we? God, work this out. God, you need to make this happen. God, get rid of this painful thing. We want him to be our eternal blessing machine. I think we spend the majority of our time chasing happiness when the wise thing to do, the thing that ultimately ends well, is holiness. And then all the happiness in the world follows that up. A wise life is a disciplined life. It means saying no to things that lead to foolishness, that lead us away from God. It means intentionally spending time and energy developing our spiritual lives. What are you doing uh, on a daily basis to develop your spiritual life, to grow closer to God? James 1.5 says, uh, and a lot of people quote this, uh, uh, if we lack wisdom, what do we do? We need to ask God, it says, who gives generously. So, uh, God, I, I need wisdom, and, uh, and you're, you've promised to give generously, so okay, now, I'm go- now whatever I'm thinking next must be wisdom, because God must have zapped it to me, right? Out of context, it, it kind of looks like that's what James is saying. God just, just uh, gives us that, and he can certainly give us a, a word of wisdom in, a, in an instant, but as we've been reading Proverbs, 
I think we see that wisdom, a life of wisdom, is a lot deeper and fuller and richer than just a moment-by-moment thing, right? We've seen that the way that God gives wisdom generously is through a committed relationship as we're getting to know him. We sang about that today. We, I want to know you and then to know you more. And we're continuing to know him. And as we know him, we begin to know what's wise. And that takes time and effort. And as we grow closer to God and as we trust him, as we follow his ways and as we align our will to his, we're getting wisdom. We get wisdom as we live in close proximity to God. So what are you intentionally doing to get wisdom? I, my mind immediately goes to what, what have been called spiritual disciplines, right? Or, or uh, uh, the means of grace. And maybe you've heard those terms before. Uh, they're simply habits that we develop, that, the things that we do so that we can experience God, right? Uh, things that, uh, that, that we're disciplining, uh, disciplining our lives so that we can experience God more fully. Uh, so uh, you being here right now, we're logged in online right now, uh, uh, that, that, that's a discipline. There, you, you could have used this time for something else, but you didn't. Uh, hopefully, uh, because you have been here, because you have visited uh, online, uh, however you're experiencing this service, uh, hopefully you will know God more because you've experienced this time together. Uh, the flow of life could have taken you in a hundred other directions this morning. Today, whenever you're logging in, next month, whatever. Uh, The flow of life could have taken you anywhere, but you chose to invest in your spiritual life by attending this worship service. It's a discipline. You've disciplined yourself so that you can know God more and so that you can live wisely. Reading your Bible is a discipline, right? It it takes effort. The flow of life seeks to uh, sweep us past the scriptures uh, in all sorts of directions, right? There's so many distractions. But but if you're not reading and studying scripture, uh, it will never direct your life because you won't know what's there and you won't get to know the God who wrote it. And so uh, we've got to spend our time uh, reading and studying scripture. It's a a discipline. We set aside other things and we discipline ourselves to do this because we have the intent of knowing God more and living God wise lives and so many other spiritual disciplines that, that, that we intentionally practice anything that we do we're, in, we're intentionally seeking to know God more is a spiritual discipline and it leads us to wisdom uh, prayer, fasting, accountability uh, group Bible study uh, meditation, silence, solitude the, the list goes and so many people have made so many lists again whatever you're doing that where you're disciplining yourself so that you can know God more spiritual disciplines are essential to leading a wise life it's a huge part of what Solomon's talking about when he says get wisdom uh, pay attention to these things don't forsake it, uh, cherish it get wisdom, that, that's what he's talking that's one part of what he's talking about you're setting it you're disciplining yourself that's that that's really what we would call those things right that's that's part of self-discipline I'm I'm doing it myself I'm making that decision myself there's something else though that may be a little harder uh, that um, that we go through that also builds wisdom that Proverbs talks about that I, I don't want us to just skip over there's self-discipline but then there's also God's discipline Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Growing up, usually right before my dad would pull out the wooden spoon to give his number two son a well-deserved spanking, uh, he would usually say something to the effect of this. 
If I didn't love you, I wouldn't bother. Anybody else have a dad like that? I see that hand. Uh, anybody else have trouble in the moment believing a dad like that? Uh, I did. I, I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Let's get this over with. Um, I, don't, uh, I wish you wouldn't bother, right? Um, at the time, it did not feel like love. But my father disciplined me because he loved me. Uh, he was correcting me so that I wouldn't be foolish again, right? <laughs> he was, he is, so that I would instead learn wisdom. It took discipline, an outside source, uh, discipline. Solomon says that's what God is like. He is our heavenly father, and, and he disciplines those that he loves. Hmm. Well, what does that look like? What, what would that be like? Well, the author of Hebrews, and, and uh, scholars are kind of split over who wrote Hebrews, so we'll just call him the author of Hebrews. Uh, but he quotes this, these two verses, uh, Proverbs 3, 11, and 12, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, and then he kind of expands on it. So, so I want us to, to flip over. Even though we're studying Proverbs, I want us to see what the author of Hebrews had to say about it. Uh, Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. This is from the New Living Translation. He says, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you're illegitimate and are not really his child at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. See, scripture is full of truth. We can all relate to that, right? No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. God disciplines those he loves. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't bother. I think my dad had it right. He loves us enough to do what's good for us. Why? So that, as Hebrews says, so that we can share in his holiness. I think a lot of us would want to twist that uh, that, that, uh, sentiment a little bit. Maybe we think it should say, because God loves me, he'll give me what I want. Right? Whether we say that or not, we tend to live that way. Uh, Because uh, because God loves me, he's going to make me happy. Because God loves me, he's going to take away my problems. I mean, if we put that in the realm of, of a child and their parent, because, because you love me, you'll let me do whatever I want, we say, Psh, that's crazy. But as soon as we put it in, uh, we're, we're the child and God is our father, then all of a sudden we can't understand why God wouldn't just give me what I want and make me happy. God disciplines his children so that they will become wise. So many times, what we think will make, make us happy is foolishness. Uh, sinful choices lead to painful outcomes. God's discipline in your life could very well be punishment for sin. We've got to know that. We've got to recognize that because he loves. That's what happened with, with uh, uh, my dad pulling out the wooden spoon 
we had a wooden spoon upstairs, a wooden spoon on the main floor, and a wooden spoon in the basement because who knows what kind of sin two boys were going to get into, right? And where they were going to be at the time. And there was so much love going around that we were going to make sure we took care of that, right? <sighs> um, but because we do wrong, there's discipline that comes, right? Uh, God, because he loves us, God doesn't leave us in our sin, but, but uh, very often brings discipline so that we'll stop. Uh, so, so as we are evaluating, maybe you're going through uh, painful circumstances or, or difficult uh, problems or, or you're sensing God's spirit directing you in a certain way and away from something, you've, you've got to let, let the Holy Spirit evaluate in your life uh, if there's anything sinful. You, you've got to consciously be saying, is there anything that I've, that I've, uh, that, that where I've transgressed against God? And if so, we've got to be in the, in the mode of repentance, not defensiveness, but repentance. I'm sorry. Uh, this discipline could be the very thing that leads us back to God. Because God loves us, he brings discipline. He doesn't want to leave us in sin and the consequences that it brings. And so he might discipline us in order to uh, spur us toward, uh, toward uh, confession and uh, bring us to a place of forgiveness and living back in right relationship with him. Sometimes God disciplines us because we're sinning. But sometimes, sometimes we shouldn't necessarily think about God's discipline as punishment, but more like training. We see that there in that Hebrews passage. God sends us through difficulty or allows difficulty, uh, not because of our sin sometimes, but, but so that we'll be better and stronger. Think about physical training, right? Uh, it's, it, it's difficult, it's painful even, it takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, sometimes the, the results are slow in coming, we're tempted to give up, but if we persevere through hard physical training, we become healthier and stronger on the other side, right? And in much the same way, because God loves us, he trains us. We could put the word disciplines us so that we will become healthier and stronger spiritually, so that we will become wise. There's, there's something that I've noticed too. Not only do we become healthier and stronger in ourselves, but a huge part of God's discipline in our lives teaches us to lean on God's strength through those times. As we go through difficulty, we grow closer to God. It's not just that we're, we're building bigger spiritual muscles, but in the meantime, we're getting to know God more. And we know him, and then we know him more, and we know him more, and we rely on him. And if I remember correctly, uh, clear back to the first week when we talked about Proverbs, we're, we've come full circle about knowing God. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. As he trains us, not only do we learn truth, we get to know, this says, get to know the Holy One, right? We get to know God intimately. And that's where true wisdom is, as we know him more. So, life might be hard right now. Or maybe it has been. God may very well be using this season in your life to train you, to grow you. So that you can be happy? Well, not, that's not the final goal. So that you can be holy. So that you can be wise. So that you can know him more and more. 
Maybe there's sin to confess, maybe not, but make sure that there's not. And if there is, be quick to confess and then submit to God's leadership regardless. And he will lead us to the best outcomes. As Hebrews says there, afterward, after we've been trained, after we've submitted to the training of God in our lives, afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And then, after all that talk about discipline, Hebrews 12 gives us this encouragement. And I think it's a great uh, way to wrap up. I know it's in Hebrews, but to wrap up our study on Proverbs. Hebrews 12, verses 12 and 13, it says this. So take a new grip with your tired hands. Stand firm on your shaky legs. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then those who follow you, though they are weak and lame, will not stumble and fall, but they'll become strong. No matter where you find yourself on this journey toward wisdom, maybe today is the day to renew that commitment. I want to be on that track. I've gotten sidetracked. I'm not quite sure where I'm at. I think I've got some things to confess. I'm feeling God's training and discipline. I, I, maybe, maybe today the best word you can hear is take a new grip with your tired hands. I know you're tired and I know it's tough, but there's wisdom at the end of this. There's wisdom in the middle of it. Take a new grip with your tired hands. Go ahead and stand up. Stand, you can do it. Stand up again on those shaky legs. Maybe today's a day to recommit to following God with your whole heart. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's the wisest thing to do. Where does wisdom start? Get wisdom. Be committed to the disciplined life of wisdom. Father God, we thank you for the wisdom that you have promised to us, that it's not out of reach. You promised that, that if we need wisdom, you'll supply it. And Lord, there's so many times, so many days when we don't necessarily feel wise. And some of the things that we do end in foolishness. Lord, we pray for your forgiveness today. We pray that, that, that you would continue to train us because you've told us that, that in, in disciplining and training us, that shows that you love us. Lord, I pray that we can submit to your leadership in our lives. And Lord, if there's any here today that, that need to make that commitment, maybe fresh, maybe for the first time, to commit to taking a firm grip of that way of wisdom and standing on those shaky legs, that, that you will empower us and enable us to be your people as we get to know you more, as we become wise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.